Welcome to Under the Tooth, the podcast which aims to bring dentistry right to your ear, from general dentistry, speciality training, and everything in between. My name's Inyas. My name's Asha. And I'm sorry. So today, everyone, we're going to be talking about uh, Black Lives Matter, and uh, we're going to be discussing our experiences and our experiences of racism. Yeah, and, um, you know, we haven't really sat down and properly had this topic discussed between us. Um, we've touched on racism in general uh, previously, just in personal conversations, but this conversation might get a bit personal, so it may be upsetting for some people listening to it. Um, and I'm probably going to kind of host the podcast a little bit by prompting the questions. We are going to start off. So, um, obviously, this, you know, uh, movement has came out in the media at this time. Um, and in terms of like time frame, I mean, obviously this is now 21st century, it's 2020. Mm. Um, sorry, why, why do you feel that this has happened now? I mean, racism has always been ongoing. Uh, and as probably Will Smith said, I think in one of his posts, it's just the fact that it gets filmed now and there's evidence to it. I don't think it's ever not been there it's been there for too long people have kept quiet and kept kind of brushing it under the rug and just ignoring it um for far too long um a lot of people will say this is only a, an american thing and all these these kind of things and racism and racism against black people and whatever only happens in america but it's not it's worldwide maybe in america it's just a bit more in your face but it still happens in the UK. Um, it still happens in many other countries throughout the world against against black people. Um, whether it's anywhere, really. If you go to the Far East, if you go to China, uh, even in Africa, uh, racism within races um, for people that are of darker skin. Um, so I think racism has always been there. It's been far too long... Uh, and it's probably far too late for people to, to kind of start talking about it. Uh, and it's about time, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, this the Black Lives Matter movement is not out of just saying that only Black Lives Matter. Obviously, we as black people know that all lives matter. Um, and people that jump on the bandwagon and say... All lives matter. We understand, obviously, all lives matter. But for longer than people can recollect, black lives have felt that they do not have the same value or worth as any other ethnicity. And that's why people have had enough uh, and just come into a stage where they just want to make it clear that we should get treated uh, the same as you would from any other kind of uh, background. And here in the UK, um, within, even not even within our profession, but just within general life, obviously, like, you will get racially profiled, uh, especially as a young black male. Um, you're generally seen um, only to be, you, the only success you can have is probably as a sports athlete. That's what people see young black males should be or generally what they are. Uh, like, but you can, ne but you're never really seen as maybe another kind of professional. So when you say to people, "Oh, I'm a doctor," or "I'm a dentist," or "I'm a lawyer," or whatever, they're like, "Oh, really?" There's always that kind of surprise, mm. and that's something that really annoys me sometimes. Yeah. 
like, oh, you don't look like you could be a, a dentist. Um, Do you feel like you get that surprise directly from patients as well? Um, quite a lot of the time, yeah. And, and um, it might not be so with racism. Obviously, you've got overt racism that's in your face. You get called names, and you ever and I've obviously experienced that as a child or as a teenager or growing up, uh, even sometimes now as an adult. Um, but the racism that's kind of slightly hidden or not always blatant is probably the one that hurts more. Um, just from kind of like the looks that you get on people's faces or slight sly words that you might get from people through conversation. Um, it's, it's difficult to always pinpoint something, but you, you just know. So when people walk in, yeah. first patient, first term you've ever met this person. Yeah. That kind of almost like, oh, oh, didn't notice that you'd be, or you'd look like that, or oh, like kind of almost surprised, slightly scared uh, kind of look that you see on people's faces. It's not until you kind of... Um, really talk to people, um, kind of get to know them, and then for them to kind of, oh, maybe like my stereotype that I have of black people is maybe slightly different. For me, it's maybe, it's maybe slightly different because I live or I've grown up in such a probably white predominant area that people are almost quite surprised to see, one, a black person, but also a black person that's going to be their dentist or treating them as such. Um, so that's kind is usually the look and I can always tell um, and do you feel like you have to prove yourself oh yeah, to be a, a, a better person all the time all the time I feel like I constantly have to prove that one I'm worthy and I constantly have feel like I have to work twice as hard with like communication skills and being professional and whatever just so that you don't have that stereotype such. Do you get um, what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely, I'm actually really like upset at that because mm. I don't, I'm mixed race, but I don't see that or, or I've not actually experienced that um, non, you know, obvious racism. Mm. It's always been obvious where somebody said something where I just experienced, but I haven't, you know, picked up on things like that because I don't think that that happens to me. So for someone to like do that based on you know, uh, looks or colour of your skin as soon as they see you um, and, you know, for you having to feel like you have to justify yourself um, is really upsetting and you're probably not alone in that and there are other people out there that, you know, feel like this. Where is your background from? So, that so everyone... I'm from Sudan. Okay, and you were born in? Um, I was born in Saudi Arabia, lived in Sudan for a few years, but parents immigrated here when I was about four or five. Where did you study? I did my dentistry in Sudan. So quite the opposite, actually, because obviously when I went and did my dentistry there, it's uh, we're, we were all black. We were all... 90% of us were Sudanese. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, we're 90% of us were, were Sudanese. Um, obviously, completely different to, to high school and school, where I was probably the only black kid for a while. Um, I in the whole that, school? Um, no, because I had my my siblings. <laughs> so we're known as the, so black the only family. black family. But no, I think there was there was a uh, there's two in the year uh, below me, 
I don't think there was anybody in the year above me. I remember one of my really good friends was uh, mixed race. Uh, his dad was from the Caribbean, his mum was from, um, from England. Um, my worst experience was probably in primary school, where I was the only black kid uh, in school. Um, and that was just a terrible year because I think I moved in like towards the end, uh, like the year it started, it was like the last year in primary school, I'd moved in, everybody already knew each other. I'm just like the outside of a little black kid that nobody really knows or knew about. Uh, and I, I, I think that was a really difficult year because I, I just didn't really make friends that easily. Um, I was bullied quite a lot. Um, For being black? Yeah, I got loads of I got loads of stick. I got loads of bullying throughout that whole year, um, and I think because I was I was kind of into sports a lot, um, so I got kind of ridiculed for that as well. Um, but you never really understand kids, but they just know what's not kind of within their circle or such or something that's different. I don't know. Kids are. So I don't know how to explain it, but I just, it just wasn't... I can't really understand the reasoning for it, but I just remember it really wasn't a pleasant time for me uh, in that year. So do you think that that feeling of children not feeling like somebody is in their circle, which you're basically, I mean, from what you said, is mm. because of your skin colour. Oh, yeah, 100%. Does, but does, do you think that that comes from the information that the children have been I receiving from I think definitely 100% from what kids are taught, what they're educated in, because kids are very influenced by what they hear. And because it was such a predominantly white area, they'd never seen other black people before. Uh, they probably didn't know what black people were like. And uh, they kind of, probably, this is a bit kind of judgmental, but probably the only experience they had of other black people was kind of from the movies uh, and what you what they probably saw from that. Um, and did you have friends? In that year? Yeah. One, but that was kind of... Uh, uh, he was my good friend at the end, and he still probably is my good friend now, but... It was still a difficult year in that it was hard to make friends. So it was eventually we became friends, I think, and I probably felt sorry for me. Um, but that was a difficult year. Thankfully for me, um, when I went to high school, uh, due to my postcode, I went to a different high school to what everybody else in that primary school went to. Even though I was the only black kid probably in high school initially, well, other than my sister, uh, and maybe one other person, and then it kind of, the fruit, the numbers increased slightly, and there was probably about seven or eight of us in total, out of about four or five hundred pupils. Um, Which is statistically so low. Statistically, it's still low. Yeah. Um, that was a lot better, I made friends a lot easier. Um, and I don't really know whether that was just because of the different demographics from that new high school I went to, where people were a bit more informed. Um, was the postcode change uh, differences in socioeconomic status as well? I think slightly. Like, initially, it was a very ruralish area, whereas the high school was a bit more kind of in the centre. Yeah. So, do you feel that 
that you know experience that you had as a young children when we know that experiences as a child can shape you as a person and that's how you you know start to build on personality and reactions how did that affect you do you feel going into your adult life did did you ever have an inferiority kind of feeling or I think it's made me more resilient um but you still get um racial profiling um whether it be just driving down the road or walking down the street or whoever you sit to on a, on, next to on an aeroplane or whatever, like I, f- I still feel you get racially profiled. Um, and when you're talking about racially profiled, for example, driving, don't, how, how does that, like I've what's been the, racial the pro- I've been stopped by the police a few times. Obviously, I've got, I've got a nice-ish car and I've been stopped a couple of times. Just to be like, oh, and what we're did just doing say? a random check. And that's always what it's like. Like, we're just doing a random check. Um, and obviously, statistically, you're more likely to be stopped as a black, a young black male, and stopped and searched in the police. And that's known. I think, I don't know what the, the statistic is, but you are more likely to be stopped in the street and searched. And you've been stopped in the street? I've not been stopped well. while walking and, and, and searched, but I've, my car has been stopped. Um, whether driving late at night or whenever. Um, and you always get a random excuse, like, oh, uh, we saw that you were maybe speeding, and I'm pretty 100% sure that I never speed. Or um, just doing random checks or anything. Like, I've, I've had a couple of excuses, and I've probably been stopped about, I think, two or three times in total. Um, and when you go to a shop, for example, if you can't be bothered, you know, putting your nice chinos on and your your shirt, you think about shoving a hoodie on and some trainers. You, see that, you happy see, to do so that? So outside of work, a lot of the time, I'm probably in jeans, a hoodie, and a cap, uh, and that's just me casually walking around. I don't think I've experienced anything like that in shops as such because I've lived where I've lived for so long that I'm almost recognisable. Yeah. Um, but if you felt that you were going to a new city, you um, to go in and get... I think some sometimes stuff. you get watched, and I feel like you do kind of... Especially smaller towns that you've never been there before, or smaller cities or smaller areas in the city, like you, you'll get weird looks, or you might get a security guard that randomly somehow manages to be in the same aisle as you. <laughs> Um, and even if, even on flights, I find it's quite funny. People are very um, reserved to talk to you or almost feel intimidated, and you can see it on people's faces sometimes. Um, but it's just the idea that a black male is always aggressive and they're always going to be some sort of gang member or they always want to steal from you. Like, it's just that I feel like there's, there's that stereotype that kind of goes through people's heads. Especially if I'm obviously in, like, jeans, Air Force Ones, a hoodie and a cap. So now, obviously, we're all dentists um, and, you know, race and statistics within dentistry... Um, I know for a fact that in, in my year at school in Glasgow, there was no uh, other black people within my year at university. Um, and school and high school was, was very similar. Now, going into the dental field and you are now graduated, you're a professional, 
do you feel that there is you know a discrepancy in the number of black dentists within our profession in the UK? I think there's definitely a lack of representation uh, of black dentists. Um, I mean, I know enough black dentists. Um, like how many in the UK? Can I could probably of? say 10 to 15. Um, but those are because of people that I have probably gone to uni with or known through a friend of a friend who also happens to be a dentist. Um, but I'm talking about looking at kind of like people who are in higher management or people who are consultants and things like that. You don't, I don't tend to, I haven't, I've only come across one consultant. Um, so do you feel like less black dentists will go for specialism and, and, and specialist training? It's difficult to say, really, but I just know that there is a lack of representation. Whether that is a lack on black people's side of wanting to go forward, or whether it is the fact that we feel that maybe there's a barrier to it and that you won't, you're, that you're less likely to be accepted. Um, I, I can't really say that it is because of purely. Uh, racism of not wanting black people to go forward but I just think there's a there's a lack of representation and what that equates down to maybe us and maybe future generations of wanting to become dentists because people will want to see role models and be like oh I want to be like I've seen this person or this person treated me I want to be like that um, and I think the lack of the representation in, of black people in dentistry or in higher dentistry will mean that maybe um, less people will go into it. Do you feel like, obviously being in the UK, there's, you know, a lot of different races in the UK, specifically kind of London mm. um, area, but do you feel that you get more of this um, racial profiling from a specific race, such as, you know, Caucasians, or do you think it could be related to you know, it's generic as an across the board. You, you also get it within your community. You also get it within, you know, Asian uh I think groups. it's very generic and you kind of feel that, that you will get racism from most directions towards black people, whether it be Caucasians or whether it be other ethnic minorities. Um, and what about racism within, for example, you're from Sudan, so within the Sudanese culture, is, is that present yeah that's another big topic uh in that even within black cultures there is sometimes um racism towards people of darker complexion of or people from different places within the country so sudan's got its own racial problem um towards kind of south sudanese or west sudanese uh, people, but that's just integral racism. And um, it's a disease, right? It really, I just, yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's just a mentality, and generally, racism in general is just a lack of education and just pure ignorance. Um, and from it's, it's yeah, it, it's I see it as a disease. I literally mm. do. Um, obviously, you know, you're sharing quite a lot of. Uh, personal 
experiences and mm. what you feel but have you I mean could you share on the podcast of like a you know there may be something in your mind of a specific time when something happened and it really you know got you mm, I don't think there's a specific time as a professional that I've got it other than the the ones that I've mentioned about you get certain looks or you get certain kind of so it's like uh, a daily thing that this yeah, visual profiling is happening. Probably happens frequently. And do you uh, feel that you've, you know, do you speak up about it or do you feel that you don't really have... The problem it? is when it's not overt and nobody's mentioned it, that you can kind of oh, catch somebody on it and be like, no, that what you're saying or what you're kind of insinuating is racist. You can't really, because people will... You, you've got no basis to show, say to people. But I think it just makes you as a person just more resilient and it just makes you think that okay that person just thinks that but maybe if I educate them or tell them um, or inform them a bit more they might understand in some sort of way that what they think or what they're doing is wrong and I think that you know that's how you have managed to turn that experience around but there's probably and most definitely people out there that haven't managed to become resilient and it has really affected them and you know I think it's really important what you're saying and that people also know that racism is not just about saying a bad word to someone or you know abusing somebody either whether it's social media or in person actually like there's verbal communication there's also non-verbal communication and that's the same with racism is that it's also about having a preconceived kind of stereotype of what somebody is just because somebody is that appearance or that color or from that race does not mean that they are definitely going to be like that like with there is variety with all of humankind and with everybody like there's no two people that are generally 100% the same and that's what stereotyping does and that's what sometimes I try and somehow break down to people or just by communicating well with them that I'm just I can be just like you I can be just like anybody else um, which I feel you shouldn't have to do because which, you should yeah which is something to. that you don't have to always kind of prove to people yeah, it's, but yeah. I feel like I always have to prove that on a daily basis whereas other people um, that may have different skin colours don't actually have to think about this on a daily basis because it's not and something. the other thing I probably have to say is that Yes, it's made me more resilient, but it's always made me more worried about getting something wrong. Because you feel that if you got something wrong, yeah, you would be right. more yeah. penalised for it than if exactly. you weren't black. And I think that's something that happens within the NHS and within uh, uh, medicine. Because? Um, because tech, statistically, once again, sorry, I don't know the exact statistics, but BAME... Um, black ethnic or minority uh, doctors are more likely to be sued... Uh, than than a white doctor. How do you feel about, in terms of um, the movement, so there's been so much on social media, um, and, you know, I've seen some really upsetting, like, posts that I feel should be shared because if we hide, um, you know, what's happening, some people actually, I don't think, know how bad the situation is. I think some people are, are completely oblivious to it. And as I said earlier, a lot of that is obviously... 
in America and the kind of the police brutality and what happens in America and just the fact that now people are kind of seeing it collectively rather than being um, sporadic events but it is something that happens on a regular probably in America but I think people are also becoming aware that oh maybe it's prevalent in the UK and the fact that it is getting filmed in the UK as well um there's loads of stuff on social media that you'll see um, kind of racial profiling by the police where they'll stop four or five people but I've seen a couple of videos where they're only handcuffing the two black kids um, but there's two other uh, kids there but they're not getting handcuffs um, I mean there's loads of that but I think the f having social media has just made people see that that is maybe a bit more prevalent than what they might think. Do you think yeah. that it's also been more, um, m more awareness has been made due to the fact that like lockdown has been a situation? I think definitely. Like the fact that people have had time to share all these posts and really put everything together so people can really see how much of a problem this is and how long it's been a problem. Um, that's been a really kind of a positive of having this lockdown because this movement I don't think would have probably come out uh, if people were not locked down or at home being able to collaborate and being able to kind of highlight how much uh, this is a problem and how much uh, this needs to change uh, and the attitudes need to change and the prejudice that people have needs to change. And there's obviously, you know, a lot of um, influencers on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, um, and they have, you know, a large group of followers and there's, you know, a bit of... And I of... think that's been really positive and I've, I've really enjoyed seeing that, but I've had some reservations about certain people that will put this out or certain businesses that will put this out or we have this solidarity with this I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit reserved slightly from certain uh, accounts is that is because this isn't a marketing is this genuine right. is this genuine or is this um, because they want to be up with the trend and they don't want to be kind of hit at for not making a statement or making an incorrect statement or making an insensitive statement rather than that actually being genuinely part of the company's motto um, to want to encourage diversity, specifically people from uh, a black minority. And I think time will tell with that. I think time will tell. I think people that will keep fighting for it and people that truly believe in it will keep fighting for it and keep spreading the word. Um, but the people that are on it just for the trend will eventually kind of uh, die out. And there's been a lot of conversation on the hashtag All Lives Matter as well. And yeah, and, I, and as, as I pro mentioned briefly earlier, I don't, but um, that, that frustrates me because we know All Lives Matter. All lives have always mattered. It's never been a point that we don't think that all lives matter, but it's the fact that we also feel 
black lives matter just as much as any other life. And the fact that for so long, black lives have been given uh, less worth or less value or seen as not worthy, that's why we're trying to say, now can we please focus on the concept that black lives matter just as much as any other life. And I think that's what some people in the population, you know, don't understand because when the Black Lives Matter hashtag has come out, it's not anything to do with any other culture, race or religion. It's to do with the fact that Black Lives Matter too. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just saying maybe that too at the end. Like, don't forget that yes, all lives matter, but you, when you say all lives, you may also forget that black people are humans as well. Yeah. And they matter too. And that's the thing that I think frustrates so many black people all around the world with people saying, oh, no, no, white, white lives matter too, brown lives matter too. Yes, we understand all lives matter, but at the moment, what we're trying to say is black lives matter just as much as any other life. And I think it's important to remember that this movement, you know, has came out because of a specific situation that happened to a black person um, at this time. With and I think to... that was just the boiling point. Yeah. This has been ongoing for so long, but that kind of tipped it over the board. Uh, and that's why uh, it's important for all other races to be aware of that, that this mm. is not just randomly somebody decided, hey, today's the day that we're going to speak mm. out. There was a situation and that can't be forgotten. And it's just centuries on, decades and centuries of kind of... Multiple situations, yeah, really. that have just built Millions up to the point situations. that people are just like, no, we need to kind of speak show up. and speak up. Uh, and tell the rest of the world that, and that it's great that it's not you know that everyone's speaking a lot of people are speaking out although I, you know I have seen some you know disturbing comments on on certain social media platforms but I think that's always going to be that's like, always going to be the case but I think people can only um, have their perceptions and kind of prejudice change through education and people need to understand what's happened in the past how things have developed in the past, what used to happen in the past, what um, structural and kind of institutional, maybe uh, institutional policies that are in place or living standards that are in place to give black people the lack of opportunity. And it should really be, you know, this should be... <laughs> infiltrated into the earliest years of, of a child because mm. it should be part of the education on, on what is taught mm. um, and I think that you know moving forward what, what do you think that people in society or like anybody this is regardless of race religion culture what can people do to improve this situation education 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 and do you think that you know, there's been, you know, uh, people speaking out to their families, there's been, you know, I mean, this shouldn't even be something that needs to be educated because it should be part of the system, but it, it, it's obviously flawed because I think it's something that should be taught very early on um, in schools that yeah. everyone is equal, um, no matter race, religion, colour, appearance, everybody is equal. Um, and also... Just to educate people about what used to happen in the past and why 
people might feel that things you say or things that you do may be perceived the wrong way because people need to understand what used to happen in the past. Some people are kind of oblivious to, to slavery and the slave trade. Um, but knowing about history and how his, what happened in history, people may be, become a bit more sympathetic uh, and understand how people might feel if you act or say things in a certain way, even if you may not necessarily mean them. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, this topic that we'll be discussing today has not been racism in general. It's been, you know, Black Lives Matter movement is essentially mm. what we're discussing. But I know for me that if a patient, and I have had racism from a patient, I've not, you know, spoke up to the patient and said that's inappropriate, you can't say that because... I know I can't even I don't even know why I just felt like I couldn't I think that's a very difficult conversation to have with a patient sometimes and I think Um, that this is something that you know society going forward whether it's your co-worker your patient your boss I think that people need to be more aware of what they are saying and how something can be perceived because it's not about you know we have to walk on eggshells all the time that's I, I think that needs to be very clear that's not what no, it's not saying, what it's about. It's not what we're saying I at all. It's just about being sensitive to exactly. other cultures and knowing and educating yourself about other cultures as well. And I think that going forward with this movement, I really hope that people do raise it. Well, it must have raised awareness, and I hope it continues to do so, and that people have the confidence to speak out because you know it's been quite a deep conversation we've had, and you've mm. it's something that you don't speak about on a daily basis, and you've managed to to speak out so thanks so much for you know sharing your experiences because I know that like this is, is a difficult topic it's very deep it's a very deep topic to talk about just in a conversation but actually you're sharing it with you know our podcast which I'm honoured to have been able to ask you these questions um, and actually you know um, I just see you guys as you and I'm so oblivious to the experiences that you've had um, and I think that going forward you know um we hope that this podcast will help people um in regards to speaking up and actually help people in regards to awareness of this situation that is within the society all over the world not just uk not just america um and we uh really hope that this topic has helped and thank you for listening and we will be back and thanks sorry thank you for listening talk to you soon and please do send us um, questions if you have any for Sari because, um, you know, he'll be happy to answer them. Or if you want to send us a DM or, you know, um, any topics that you want to talk about in future. Because, we you know, we are a dental podcast, but at the end of the day, this is about life. And being a dentist doesn't mean we're not human. And um, thanks for listening. Bye.